welcome to the Grow My Salon Business podcast, where we focus on the business side of hairdressing. I'm your host, Anthony Whitaker, and I'll be talking to thought leaders in the hairdressing industry, discussing insightful, provocative, and inspiring ideas that matter. So get ready to learn, get ready to be challenged, get ready to be inspired, and most importantly, get ready to grow your salon business. On today's podcast, we're talking about hair colour. My guest is Skylar Hanna, owner of Skylar London, a specialist colour-only salon. She is a passionate hair colourist and savvy businesswoman who has some groundbreaking approaches to running a colour salon. So without any further ado, let's get into it. So my guest today is Skylar Hanna from the Skylar London Colour Salon. So welcome to the show, Skylar. Hi. It is a real pleasure to have this opportunity to be talking to you today. Now, uh, anyone who knows anything about me knows that I'm not a colorist, but um, as a a former salon owner, um, I have a real passion for the color side of our industry. And um, when I saw that you'd opened up uh, Skylar London, I immediately went on your website and checked it all out. And it's a a very impressive business. So I was really excited, you know, about having this opportunity to talk to you today on the podcast. So um, let's, let's jump straight in at the deep end. And in fact, I've got a personal question I want to ask you first of all. Uh, you are an American, and there's plenty of British people that uh, have immigrated to the, the US and opened up hairdressing salons, but I can't think of anyone else who's American who's moved to the uh, UK. So uh, I just need to get that out of the way on, on a personal level, first of all. What was it that brought you here, and how, how long have you been living in London? Yeah, no, I've, I have been living here for 20 uh, plus years, I think it's like 23 or something like that. So um, I originally came over um, because, um, God, it's, it's actually, it's, yeah, it must be 25 years. I originally came over because my parents um, were in the oil industry and I decided to stay and become a hairdresser. I really wanted to um, become a hairdresser in London so uh, that was my original journey through, and I never, I never left. I just loved the hairdressing industry um, here in England, and uh, I decided to stay, basically. And that's a very long story short. Okay, well there you go. I, mean, I thought you were going to say it was love. Uh, I didn't realize that you'd been here that long. I, I assumed that you'd, you know, started hairdressing in the U.S. and moved over here, and uh, um, you know, fell in love, and then decided to stay. <laughs> No, see, Sean would love me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's say that. It sounds a lot more romantic in the, in the process. So uh, regardless of how you got here, it's great to have you here and you're a fantastic uh, addition to the, the UK hairdressing scene. So you've opened up this fantastic salon uh, called Skylar London, and it's a color-only salon. Um, so let's start straight with that. Um, why? Why was the, you know, the, the need? What was the impetus behind you opening up a color-only salon called Skylar London when yourself and Sean already had a really successful salon group under the Sean Hanna name? Basically, when we had um, worked in the salons in Sean Hanna, we noticed that um, there was a real need for color specialization. And, you know, to do that, we realized that there was a lot of uh, flaws that we we had in terms of the color industry and it was the industry as a whole. And what I really wanted to do at first was, you know, the first journey wasn't actually to make a a color only salon. It was to kind of try and understand 
this part of the business uh, in a way that we we just didn't. You know, we we realized that from a company point of view, from a from a color point of view, we hadn't actually built the salons and built um, a business around making sure that. Uh, that color was easy to understand, that it was this um, really professional um, formulation and that the, you know, the, the us as hairdressers, we weren't fully understanding color as an industry. And we thought, right, okay, what is this thing that we don't understand? So I spent a lot of time looking at the home hair color market. Um, I have a lot of friends in the industry. So I spent years, not literally years, um, going into people's salons, you know, the big color salons, um, in our industry and trying to think about how do they, how do they operate? You know, what are these, these things that we don't understand? And what I mean by that is why do we not have price transparency in color? Why do we not communicate color? Why do we sometimes get it wrong? Um, you know, and, and where are we failing the consumer in hair color? And if we're having this huge consumer, uh, color market, how come we're only taking a small slice of it? Um, so I kind of really got, uh, we originally kind of had to start asking these questions, um, you know, for our own business. And then we started to realize, you know, we're, we're, we could do better basically. And that's where Skylar London uh, came up. And a lot of people don't know this, but the salon is two years old, but actually the journey now is five because we spent a very long time trying to understand uh, what we were going to do that was really different. You know, what experience were we going to do that was really different? And, and how are we going to sort of solve some of these issues um, in the, the hair color industry? And uh, like I said, Skylar London kind of came out of that. Um, we originally did a test salon, like a pilot salon for about a month. Um, so like a pop-up salon, sort of testing all our systems and things like that. So that's originally how Skylar London uh, uh, came to be. Okay. So uh, were you, when you were working in the Sean Hanna salons, were you a specialist colorist then or do you cut and color? Yeah, no, I do absolutely everything. Um, you know, when you're, uh, when you're a hairdresser and you're so passionate about it for years, you have your, your hand in absolutely everything. So, you know, in terms of cutting, coloring, um, extensions, hair up, avant-garde. I mean, I, you, you name it. I've, I've definitely put my hand in absolutely everything in our, our um, industry, uh, fashion, fashion week, things like that. Okay. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing that I really haven't, you know, uh, dabbled in, uh, but I have a real passion for hair color. Um, it is a, you know, for, for someone that gets to, I get the privilege of seeing it every day. And I know hairdressers get to see, you know, transformations every day, whether they're cutting or coloring. But I have to tell you that color is something very special. It's something special, you know, into its, its own. You know, it's like um, to get somebody's hair color right um, when they haven't had it right their whole life. Um, like somebody being elated over that, there's just not a lot compared to it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so w when you, in your salon now in, in Sky to London, do you do, do haircuts at all and extensions, et cetera, or is it just color 100%? So we started out doing just hair color or a color destination salon. Um, what we do, uh, do is we do a trim up service. Uh, we hate to call it a trim-up service. What we call it is the Skylar London Signature Cut. So this is 
where we sort of have a perimeter haircut um, all around the edges and stuff. It, it's not any shape building or anything like that. And we felt a need for that for guests that are, you know, they're really wanting to come in, do their hair color, but make sure that the edges of their hair are, are exactly where they need to be. Um, and we've just launched extensions primarily for the reason of making hair fuller or longer or actually um, in a lot of the cases, uh, it can solve a lot of color issues. So say, for example, you, you can't get that certain color because your hair cannot do it we can we can provide this through extensions so this is why we've extended it but for the first two years what we really wanted to do is make sure that we had the whole uh, the color destination uh salon down flat and that um and that we had our systems in place and that our team was really willing to kind of make sure that that was going to be good before we extended on to anything else yeah so um tell me about your team how many people are on your team to start with so at the moment we have 15 so in our salon, um, which is, it's a pretty good sized team. Yeah, without a doubt. Okay. And when you were at the Sean Hanna uh, uh, salons, um, what, what sort of percentage of that business was, you know, color-based? So in terms of the Sean Hanna salons, every, one of the things is, is that every salon has different percentage on color. And um, if you're a salon owner, you'll know that there's certain variables like whether you have a couple team members which will sway it in the right direction. Yeah. So say, for example, we'll have a salon um, where there'll be a good couple of degree holders, like colored degree holders, and so it'll start to sway the percentage up. But generally as a whole, it's really hard to kind of tell you because um, our color percentage even in Sutton is very different to our color percentage in Epsom. Right. And our Canary Wharf percentage is very different to um, – you know, our, our Cambridge one. So, you know, it's, it, it does vary. I would say, you know, after doing a huge investigation of most salons, um, it can be, you know, as wide as somewhere between 30 to 50%. And that is hugely, um, based on your team and also your, your mantra of what you're passionate in. You know, if you have, if you have salons and you're, and you're training your team, you know, with you and your your passions tend to kind of really leak out onto them so um you kind of tend to push it in the direction that you want to by what you're passionate about yeah yeah that makes sense okay um so t tell me from a from a client's perspective if i go into um you know skylar london uh what's the experience i'm gonna have that makes it different to other salons like you know you you did all this research etc beforehand and identified all these you know frustrations from a, a consumer's point of view and i'm assuming from a hairdresser's point of view as well so so what does that look like as a as a, as a client now in skylar london talk about um you know what that experience is that's so so unique that you're not going to find in the sean hannah salons or any other salons that would be around london yeah, perfect. So I think the best way to, to do that is to talk through the journey of the guest coming into the, the salons. I think that's the best way to do it because then I can pinpoint every single thing without leaving anything out. So I'm going to start with uh, booking in for hair color. First hurdle that we have is trying to let people know that we're, you know, that we're here. Yeah. You know, a huge, huge thing in marketing is to be able to let people know what you specialize in and, um, you know, how you can communicate uh, that you you are very good at color. So that's done by, you know, all, all sort of different types of marketing. But a huge thing is, is that, 
you know, you're going to call up that salon or you're going to look online. And basically, from an industry point of view, we we don't make ourselves easy to book. And I can tell you that from looking at most salons uh, across the board, it kind of doesn't really matter. A lot of the time, some people say you can book online. It's still really difficult. Um, here are the things that are the most difficult things for, for booking it. One, every, every stylist, colorist is uh, at different levels, so it makes it very confusing. From a consumer point of view, they don't understand the different names, what's the difference, and a lot of the time they're not explained this. You know, They're just kind of told that the more you pay, the more senior it is. Um, the also thing is accessibility. You know, when can I get my appointment? Um, when can I book? I can, you know, I can, I can book online, but I can get this person, but I can't get that person. It becomes a little bit harder. Um, the communication of what I get, what do I need? You know, do I need a full head of highlights or I need a balayage? Um, I'm looking to do this, this, and this, you know? So, you know, I'm, I'm relying on a really educated receptionist to kind of tell me, you know, cause they're, they're the first port of call to kind of try and really understand uh, what, you know, what I need, you know, and that's really hard in terms of color. Any colorist will tell you, somebody will come in and they say, you know, I want a balayage, but really they need a full head of highlights and for, for things or they need a color transformation or, or what have you not. So communication is a real problem. So we were going to make this experience very different. We were going to have to make it the most accessible to book, um, uh, than, than ever before and starting from scratch we can really work on that so how are we going to do that we're going to do that through communication so we're going to do that through videos online talking about what our services is clear um, price structure on our menu what is a full head of highlights who is it for who isn't it for um, and book now you know so lots of chances where we sort of book now on the on the website also when we started to look at, at uh, how people are going to communicate with us through their devices we started with what it's going to be like on the phone you know it's because everybody's using their phone more than something like a like a desktop or something like that so is it going to be easy to watch these videos to to book now and that sort of type of thing yeah we invested um, a lot of money into the uh, phone systems and that sort of type of stuff so we could call people back and, you know, record our conversations to kind of really make sure that the receptionists are really getting ongoing training. Nobody is um, at different levels here at Skyler London. We are all the same level. I am the same level as any other colorist. If I'm doing your hair color and if somebody else in the team is doing your hair color, it costs exactly the same. Okay. When you buy, when you buy a full head of highlights, it is uh, it always is that price. It is that price and uh, toner included. There's no added extra or anything like that. What you see is what you buy. Now that is a really really big thing in terms of communication. It doesn't matter, you know, if you have a huge amount of disposable income or a high amount of disposable income. You want to know what the price is. So and you want to know what you're getting. So from a communication point of view, I felt like from from an experience of making sure that the, the brand is really communicating that we're a specialist color salon and, um, you know, in, in making it really accessible to people to kind of uh, buy a product, buy a full head of highlights, buy a balayage. And it's really worked because everybody comes in and they really already know kind of a little bit what they're looking for. They already know, they know that they need to have advice, but they've done their research. They've looked online. They've looked at our videos, our, our, Online booking is at 
which is unheard of. Like we know that that's unheard of because we don't have those figures in Sean Hanna, but we, we definitely have them here genuinely. So, it, it, you know, to kind of be able to make yourself accessible, like, like lots of other types of industries is, is hugely important for the hairdressing industry. Okay. So let me, let me just jump in there on that. Um, often when I talk to uh, salon owners about online booking, um, you know, those that have it all rave about it. Um, I, I never know anyone who's got online booking that says it's a mistake. Um, but the, the common thing that will come up is they will say, oh, it's a disaster with color. Uh, as long as you keep on the on top of the color clients, so people book in for a color appointment. You know, you've got to call them back. You've got to, you know, do, you know you've, you've got to follow up on people that book color online. Um, so, um, and I can see how in a lot of salons why that's a problem and how that can be a problem. Now, you're saying that you've actually turned that completely on its head, and that you've got fifty percent um, of your clients, you know, booking for color appointments online, and that it's working seamlessly. So, um, just just talk to us about that for a minute. What, what have you done that makes it so seamless? Because I suppose that's what the challenges that a lot of salons have is that. Clients, when they're booking online, don't know how much time something's going to take, how much, you know, how, how to allow for, uh, you know, the length of time for whatever the appointment is that they're having. Yeah, no, I, I have to go back to communication on that. So when you are when you are booking online, you're looking at what you're buying. We constantly give you opportunity to see what what you're actually buying. So when you're when you're going online to to make that appointment, you're able to see for you know this balayage is good for this sort of people. It's not necessarily good for for this if you're looking for this. So they're a little bit more educated when they go ahead and book that that appointment online. I'm not saying that you know uh, everybody understands com- completely absolutely everything. Do we have somebody that sometimes ends up booking in for roots when they're actually wanting highlights? Yeah, and that can. That can happen for sure. Yeah. And, you, and you need to be on that. So, you know, from a, from a protocol point of view, when the reception are running what they do, they are looking at all the new online bookings and everything like that to kind of make sure that, you know, that that's done right. You know, that looks right. Um, and the communication for that is, is, is good. So we're kind of crossing our T's and dotting our I's so they can they can kind of see why, okay, this is a new guest and stuff like that. Sometimes they might make a phone call just to kind of make sure that that person is booked in for exactly the right thing, just to kind of make sure that it's, that it's exactly right. If we, we, we don't understand um, necessarily where that booking has come from or, or it doesn't look, it looks like if that went wrong, we have no way of saving that. Remember also the, that every colorist here is exactly the same level. So uh, our column management is very different. So when you, you know, you say you're going to book in for, you want to book in with your stylist, Chris, you have the opportunity online to book in specifically with Chris. What you have is, is that you're booking in um, for one of our colorists and we constantly do move guests around um, to each colorist column. So when we're trying to optimize the columns and also um, troubleshoot any things that are happening, None of the guests are, are totally aligned with one person. You can have a preference, yeah. but it makes it really easy for a call and management, say, if something goes awry. So, so you can't call up and book an appointment with Chris. You, you book an appointment for a color and it might be with Chris. Is that right? No, you can. You can book a, book an appointment with Chris. And we do actually say, right, okay, this is this is a request. Um, yeah. But we do, we do tell our guests that, 
you know, everybody is the same level. And uh, we're, we're trying to make it so that if the guest really wants to have that particular color set, they can. But, you know, a lot of the time, you know, even with our kaleidoscope members or uh, people that have been here for, uh, you know, uh, a few different appointments, they start to realize that it doesn't actually matter the colorist that you have because one of the primary things of why everybody is the same level is because the huge mammoth task that a lot of the, that maybe people don't understand the, the big secret of Skylar London is that we're standardized. And we really are. When I say that we're standardized, we have our own language. We have our own way that we do things and we standardize it and we constantly look at our standardization. So if I was to leave halfway through a full head of highlights, I, I, it's not everybody has the same full head of highlights. Obviously, we have we have different types of weaves and different types of things. I can leave halfway through a full head of highlights and give it to one of my colors and they will finish it exactly the same. Okay. All right. So everyone has the, everyone's at the same level. Everyone has the same amount of time for yes. service. Right. Okay. Um, and with the pricing, just so that I'm clear on that, it's, it's one set price. So if it needs a toner, it's already built into the price. It doesn't need to be upsold the toner, for example. Is that correct? Yep. Everything yep. is built into the price. Yeah. Right. And if you needed to put a, a, a treatment on or whatever, that's built into the price as well, or does that need to be upsold? If somebody wants to buy a treatment, say, for example, in the color industry, people want to do bond rebuilders, mm -hmm. uh, like your smart bonds or your Olaplexes or things like that, um, they will be buying them separately. Right. So okay. We also make it so that people can package their their way that they want to do their color themselves. If they want to be doing treatments, then they have the ability to to do that. If they want to blow dry, they can have a blow dry. If they want to self dry, they can have a self dry. Okay, I'll come back to that in a minute. And yeah. uh, you know, someone's got long hair, extra thick hair, whatever. Uh, there needs to be extra product used. Is that still inclusive in that price, or is it? Do you, do you charge extra for you know extra ounces of, of tint that might be needed on on longer, thicker hair, or whatever? It is exactly the same price. So a lot of salon owners will ask about that, you know, because you've got to look at your margins and things like that. So that is another reason why Skylar London took as long to kind of create was, is that if we were going to say right, okay this full head of highlights uh, costs exactly the same as this full head of highlights. Sometimes more product is used here and sometimes less product is used here. So what we did is we spent a year taking all the information of the actual grams that um, full head of highlights take. We've taken that and we've averaged it. And that's including toner as well. We broke down those the, that in terms of cost and we looked at an, at an average at it because that's what you that's what you have to start doing is you have to look at, you know, what on, on average, what am I going to what am I going to make? What's my profitability on that in terms of stock cost? Yeah. Know? So that you, know, that you, you, you couldn't go into that blindly. That that information is was huge for us. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't know a lot about Sean Hanna, the man personally, uh, but I do know that he is one of those very rare hairdressers that, um, uh, if I'm right, tell me if I'm wrong, uh, was an accountant and came from accountancy to becoming a hairdresser. So he has always, you know, been a genius with numbers. And, um, you know, in our industry, there's a shortage of people that really know their way around the numbers and yeah. can look at a business from that perspective. So uh, if, if you're not getting that right in that area, I can imagine that pretty well no 
one's getting it right. Um, well, that was a huge thing for us because you're absolutely right. Like I'm talking about it, you know, because I, I practically did it. But Sean definitely made sure that we understood it. So, I mean, for, for him to he, he he's very comfortable in his own environment making programs. So he would, you know, like um, Sean invented um, all the rage sort of um, stuff that, that uh, we still run our businesses on and we still do uh, a lot of our models on and, and things like stock it and test. And um, he built individual programs for Skylar London for us to kind of see, you know, what was the repercussions of, of what we're doing. Yeah, good, good. Uh, now, just to want to jump around a little bit here. Um, I was listening to some stuff. I was doing some research on you before we got on the call, and uh, the term mixologist came up. And I might have this completely wrong, uh, but do you? The implication of what I heard when you were answering this question was that you have someone who mixes up everybody's product. Is is that, is that correct? You know, what I'd like to do is take you back to the original question that you had about um, the, the guest experience. So let's just take, take, for example, the guests coming in and the booking online and that whole thing. Let's, let's put that to the side. The guest has come in. They've booked the appointment. They're sitting in front of the colorist. Um, what we did realize was consultation is a little bit hard. We, uh, we realize, you know, a lot can go wrong with a consultation uh, with color. We really wanted to kind of make an opportunity for us to, to get that right as much as possible. So uh, obviously we, we teach our colorists uh, all these different methods of, um, of consultation where we, we get them to kind of understand um, how people communicate auditory, kinesthetically, uh, visually, and that sort of type of thing. So they're well-versed in that. But what we do have is these 360 mirror rooms where we have light adjustability. So what happens is that the guest can go into these 360 rooms and we really break down their color for them so they can see the back, they can see the sides, we can part the hair and they can really see what's going on. So they'll be able to see absolutely everything. Also warm light, cool light. And it, it is important for a communication point of view because a lot of the time, you know, as hairdressers, we always know that uh, the, the consultation can be this first hurdle that is completely messed up. So um, we also looked at the Kelvin of the of the salon as well to kind of make sure that the environment was right. So say, let's say we've kind of got through that consultation was great. We've decided the, the technique that we're going to do, communication. So the, the colorists have these um, little tablets and what they do is they send out their, their, their color order to the mixology room. And the mixology room opens up into the actual um, place where we apply all the colors, so all the application area. Now, the mixologist um, mixes the color uh, once the order comes through. And what happens is, is that this makes um, a lot of salon owners absolutely love this, but you know, colorists think it's a real pain sometimes to have to write down their notes. Um, but it is a, a huge, huge part of the business to kind of make sure that when somebody's coming back and they're seeing Chris, that next time that when they see Cheryl, they're going to be having the exact same formula. So notes are key. So what they do is they type in their tablet, um, the formulation that they're going to have. It goes through to the mix, all just mixes it up and has it um, ready for the colors. Now that helps to save on time. And that helps to save on a lot of things um, and consistency. And the other thing is, is that the formulation goes into the computer system and saves. Okay. So, so through, they're putting the notes through at the same time. Right. So the colorist isn't mixing up the color themselves. Nope. Wow. Okay. So there's a lot of control over 
um, record keeping and and measuring, etc. So is the yeah. mix is the mixologist a hairdresser? Is that their background or? Yeah, yeah. So the, right. the mixologist um, is a, an NBQ two qualified person going on to an NBQ three, yeah. um, or somebody that's kind of. Uh, stop doing you know the total thing of cutting and coloring and wanted to specialize in color um so it's, it's a different sort of uh type of role but generally it's an nbq3 type of level person or somebody that really wanted to come back in and specialize in color okay. and that's what we found that um, person um they're also brilliant for because they're constantly dealing with formulation um it's the best place to be because if they haven't got 1012 you know they have to they have to make it so, yeah. you know, they're really tested in terms of their formulation. It's the, it's the perfect foundation for them to, to specialize in color because they're having to think on their feet, especially on a very busy day when they, you know, if they don't understand, they're obviously going to put their hand up and say, well, we haven't got that, that what's your opinion. But, you know, they always tend to remember things when they ask. Yeah. Okay. A couple of things I wanted to touch on there. Uh, first of all, um, 50% of my audience are American, um, so they would have no idea what NVQ means. Um, oh, right. So uh, being as how you're a, a, an American living in the UK, what would you say an NVQ meant to an American? Yeah, so uh, when, when you're – they're very young hairdressers, you know, uh, maybe not young in age, uh, but they're, they're young in their career as a, as a hairdresser. So for NVQ – uh, qualified hairdresser we've got national uh, national qualification um and for us at sean hannah we provide uh we have our own academy so we provide mbq2 qualification mbq3 qualification and we also do um a1 qualifications as well so we if you want to go on to become a teacher um to to actually teach nbq we do that as well okay uh, and then the other thing you mentioned was you said these 360 degree rooms so do you yeah. mean that there's literally a, a booth that has got 360 360 degree you know mirrors in it or whatever so that the client can look at their hair from every angle at the same time yeah yeah and, yeah. and then you also threw in the word Kelvin, and I know what Kelvin uh, is a measurement of, but uh, for anyone who doesn't, what, 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 what was it that you're measuring when you talk about Kelvin? So when we're, we're looking at Kelvin, we're looking at the uh, warmness and coolness of the light, basically. So, you know, we can, we can get really into it, but, but from a colorist point of view, when you're looking at Kelvin, you want to think about um, how warm and how cool the light is. Right. And, uh, I was teaching yesterday, uh, communicating to a bunch of colorists, you know, where uh, where the light really affects us. And, and, you know, any veteran colorist will will tell you that they've they've definitely had a guest call them up and say, my hair looks different at home and then it looks different outside and then it different, looks different at work. And it's really important to communicate to the guests coming in that you cannot regulate light around your hair. Your light will always affect hair color. Yeah. Light affects rooms, and it's it's very important for that communication to be there. And you'd be surprised how they don't understand that. So um, to be able to put them in a 360 room and show them, you know, if they're in warm light, this is what this is going to look like. If they're in a neutral sort of light, this is what it's going to look like. If it's a clear, sunny day, this is what it's going to look like. If they're shopping around in, in a grocery store, this is what it's going to look like. You so, know, so. so so you can flick switches in that room to change the type of lighting. 
Yes. Wow, that is fantastic. So, so yeah. from a salon point of view, when you designed the 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 lighting in the salon, how did you like? What did you you know? What what did you come up with as being this is the best form of lighting to use in a color area? Well, um, I've I've been lucky enough to work with some of the best salon designers, even at a very young age. Um, so one of the things that they've always pointed out to me was creating an environment. Um, one of the two things that I've learned from the best sound designers, you know, in the world would be, um, how do people, you know, what is the, where, how do they actually move around your salon? What is, cause that's a huge experience thing. You know, a lot of people don't realize that. How does a person move around the salon? And the next thing was lighting Kelvin. So how does it make you feel? when you sit there and you have your hair color done. So, you know, your, your best lighting, your most flattering lighting is a not too, too warm. Um, about 3000 on your, on your Kelvin is, is ideal. So it's like a, like a, not very, very warm, but enough that it gives you a glow and, and, and lighting coming onto the face. Like a, like when people have sort of makeup uh, tables and stuff like that, when lighting is coming uh, onto the face from a section point of view, that can be very nice. Um, light coverage throughout your salon is, is important as well, you know, to kind of make sure what's the distance of that Kelvin hitting the, um, the, the floor, what that's going to look like in the basin area. Do you want it to be darker? Do you want it to be lighter? If you do want it to be darker, that's going to really affect how you actually see hair color in terms of toning. So sometimes we create these really sort of nice basin areas where it's a bit darker and the music's different. And we definitely have that here at Skylar London but we do have to bring in separate lights to be able to see what the hair color is doing. Um, okay. So we can make sure that we're technically doing the right job, but still at the same time, creating a, a darker space where somebody can relax. Yeah. Okay. Now I know I'm not being fair on you because I keep jumping around your, your guest journey. Um, but uh, th th there's one standout thing about your salon. Well, there's not one standout thing. There's many standout things, but from a visual perspective, um, there is this phenomenal slide. Um, tell us about that. Like why the slide? What's it all about? What was the impetus for that? How do clients use it, et cetera? So, so the slide that we have a five meter drop slide in the, in the salon, um, which is, that's a big drop, you know, um, it kind of spirals down from our mezzanine level onto the ground level. Um, and it wasn't my idea. Um, it was Sean's idea. It was my husband's idea. Um, I mean, uh, to be fair, Sean comes up with sometimes, uh, the most interesting marketing stories I've you know, anybody could ever think of. And when you have a space like Skylar London, which is, it's the ceilings are very high, um, you know, from a design point of view, you're looking to kind of make a feature that was really different. And for him, he sort of thought, right, we could make a feature where people can talk about it and it becomes, um, you know, very differential for the salon. So for him, he was thinking, you know, you won't, you wouldn't ever uh, miss out on this salon because there's a huge slide in it. And, um, you know, no one will ever forget it because it would be, you might not remember the name of, of the salon, which, you know, a lot of the time people will forget names. They might drive by it or walk by it and they'll forget the name, but they'll always remember, oh, it's the salon with the slide. Yeah. So for him, it was a hundred percent marketing tool. And he thought, right, okay, the investment of this, like I'll, I'll, I'll buy a slide, put it in and, you know, it's, it's, it's no cheap thing to do in, in a, in a, in a salon to kind of build that. Cause obviously it's built purpose built for the salon. Um, 
it was it, it was a marketing thing. So if you you could look at it and and put a whole bunch of money into print or put it onto online marketing or things like that, but you you would it's he looked at it like that. The investment was actually a marketing tool for him. Okay. And it was nothing to do with anything else. It was everything to do with with a marketing strategy, which a lot of people don't really realize. And when everybody asks why is the slide, the boring answer is is that it's a marketing strategy. You know. So, yeah. um, but but for us, you know, the the double the double side of it is that it definitely creates a really fun environment for us. I and mean, Scotland London is a definitely it's a it's a fun place. You know, it's it's. It's uh, from an experience point of view, the way that somebody moves around the salon is, is, is really different. You know, um, we have, you know, basin areas that are completely flatbed. So when you're having your hair toned and, and a lot of the time with color, you're now at the basin for a lot of your appointment doing your bond rebuilders and your toning and all these creative types. So you're spending a lot of time in the basin. So having them flatbed is a really, really comfortable thing. You know, we have different music there and it's a nice space. We have a relaxed area. So if you don't want to watch, you know, while you process your, your hair color um, processing and you want to sit and relax and feel like you're really comfortable, we have a whole relaxed area where someone can get their own drinks, sweets, you know, magazines, things like that. So they can kind of just really chill um, and be away from the hustle and bustle of the salon. Yeah, with, with the, I got to get back to the slide. Sorry. <laughs> does it does it serve any practical purpose to get from the mezzanine to the ground floor, or is it purely a visual thing that's fun and and do clients use it? Do, do staff use it? Like, how often is it used during the day? Is it a big deal when people come down the slide? Yeah, I know the team. The team use it all the time. Um, the the guests of the salon use it all the time. It is it is really fun. We. We don't, you know, it, it's used all the time. Yeah, I, I mean, I think anyone listening to this podcast, if you do one thing afterwards, it's please go on Skylar London's website uh, because until you see this thing, you can't really explain uh, um, how effective it is because it is a, a a brilliant marketing tool. Everything you just said about it, uh, you know, makes a lot of sense. Um, so, yeah, fantastic. Um, uh, back to, to you just said the sort of relax area that you have. Do, do you have like a, a lot of salons these days are having a, a color table um, the the you know the idea being that you know when you're getting your hair cut you you want to see what someone's doing to your hair but when you're getting color done and you're sat in front of a mirror with you know cotton wool or um, you know a, a head full of foils or whatever you're not looking at your best so you don't actually want or need a mirror in front of you uh, and so they have color tables so so what are your thoughts about that how do you you work in that context yeah so. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about, and that was a part of the build-up to, to Scala London. So um, we wanted to test that, and lucky, luckily enough, we have we have uh, eight salons uh, already before Scala London. So um, what we did was we blacked out all the mirrors um, in our salon to see what that would be like um, for coloring, for cutting, and all that sort of type of thing. Um, and what we realized was, yes, there is a benefit to not looking at yourself sometimes when you're getting a color done um and uh it's definitely a different experience and it changes the environment but one of the things that it's not good and uh i was lucky enough to ask some people who actually did do this in their salons um is that like many people people are like people are all very different so you have kinesthetic people auditory and visual 
And if you're doing somebody's hair and they cannot see your face uh, while you talk to them, there are certain facial expressions. People read uh, the face and sometimes don't actually hear the words. So from a communication point of view, it, you can really struggle with that. And that's what we found was a real negative to completely take out all mirrors. Um, so that, is a, that was a real risk that we decided not to go with. Um, yes, it would make the salon very different. Yes, it makes the environment very different. And we tried that on the pilot salon as well. Yeah. Um, but from a and it also changed the way that people communicated. We found that if you had these tables and you had one guest across from another, the communication was a little bit different because they, they talked to each other more, you know? Yeah. Um, sometimes it could be a bit awkward because you haven't really got something in the way of somebody else and stuff like that. So, um, you know, so you can put sort of things onto the table to make it a little bit different. But I would say the big thing is, is that think about how people communicate. Think about hairdressers communicate. Huge amount of hairdressers are kinesthetic. You know, that means that they're, they're looking at a lot of your facial expressions. They're looking at what you're saying with your hands and stuff like that. A lot of your words, when you have a consultation with a hairdresser, they only take a certain percentage of them in, you know? So, um, communication is a, is a huge thing and seeing somebody in the mirror and seeing their facial expressions when, when you're talking and communicating and building relationships can be really lost there. Yeah, that's very interesting. That's very interesting. I hadn't never thought of it from that perspective. Uh, what, what about when they're processing? Do they stay in the same seat or is that when they can move to a, you know, a, 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 I think you called it a relaxation area or something? Is, do, do those same rules apply? Yeah, so just when you when you're processing, uh, we can take you into the relax area where you haven't got a a mirror or anything like that, and you can chill like you were in your own living room. Okay, right. Um, so one thing I want to move on to now is your menu and pricing uh, structure because you have a very interesting. You dropped the name, and before I didn't want to go back to it uh, because I knew we'd talk about it now. Uh, we talked about. Um, uh, kaleidoscope club and you mentioned the word memberships so talk to us about your wh what is the kaleidoscope club and uh what what are your you know levels of membership that you that you offer so we have a kaleidoscope member uh club which is a monthly subscription to coming in and uh getting your hair done we have three different levels um, our first one is Indigo, and that covers uh, root applications, um, a few baby lights towards the front. Um, with a, If you're a Kaleidoscope member, you can come in at any time um, and come and get your roots done. Um, you don't pay anything but your subscription, uh, your monthly subscription, and it makes it uh, more economical for, the, some, for somebody that's coming in and having their roots done once every two weeks. Yeah, and, um, and how, well, how much is that, that monthly subscription at the Indigo level? At Indigo, it's 90 pounds. 90 pounds, so $110, $115 US? Uh, I think on the exchange rate, it's probably a little bit more. A little bit uh, more, okay, so we'll call it 120 <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Depends what day of the week at the moment. So just to, just ballpark so people have a reference. Yeah. So you're you're looking at, at when you're doing your this covers root applications. It also covers all over applications. So if you wanted to have color taken through the mid lengths and ends, um, it toners, uh, maybe a few little pieces to the front, like baby light type thing. Uh, well, Baby Lights is the service that's included on Indigo. Um, it also includes your Bond Rebuilder. Um, so you, your Bond Rebuilder uh, is in it as well. As a Kaleidoscope member, you get 
the benefit of that. It doesn't include blow dries or, or anything like that. Yeah. And, and so how, how frequently, when you say the clients can come in as often as they want, um, how frequently do they come in? If, so, if, I've, if I'm a client within, you know, on the Indigo membership plan and I'm paying £90, you know, $120 a month or whatever, uh, but I yeah. come in as often as I want, I yeah. mean, how often do people come in, do you find? My, I'll, give you, I'll give you my least frequent member on Indigo and I'll give you my most frequent member okay. on Indigo. So my, my most frequent member is once a week. Yeah, wow. Yeah, my, my least frequent member is um, once every month and a half. Right, okay. So right. It's, it, they're, they're, on average, we're getting somebody to come in once a month. Yeah, okay, and that's the entry level. So what's the next level after that? Our next level is Amethyst, which covers um, highlight services. So this is in our specialized highlight services. So we'll have a few different types of highlight services, like a super full head of highlights, spiral lights, things that are individual to us. Um, and um, this will this will include um, those sort of services. And that is at 160. Again, that is at your bond builder. So this is somebody that is coming in and getting frequent highlighting. When their roots come through, they just... They just absolutely cannot have it. So they're coming in once a week, uh, sorry, once a month to, to sort out their highlights. And, and that's $160, $160, sorry, yeah? So about $200. Yeah. Right, okay, so $200 yeah. a month, yeah. right, okay. And uh, and there's four levels in total, yeah? There's three levels in total. So oh, the three. Last one is, yeah, three, three levels in total. The last one is Byzantium. Okay. Yeah, so Byzantium is uh, 400 400 pounds a month. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Double check that, but I think it's it's close to four hundred. Right. So so close to five hundred US dollars a month. Which membership level is the most popular? Indigo for sure. Indigo. Right. So the the entry level one. So so that highest um, one. Uh, what was it? Amethyst. The highest one is Byzantium. B Byzantium. Um, it, it, what does that entitle the client to? Everything. Everything. So blow, they can be in for a blow dry every second day or whatever as well, or is it just they still color sets? They can every day if they want to. Blow dry every day if they wanted to. Right. Okay. They can come in. They can have a Brazilian blow dry. They can have a um, – we do Brazilian blow dries here. Um, we, they can have a whatever color. It doesn't matter. All service – every service is open to them. Every treatment is open to them. We're, we're their uh, personal hairdresser. Yeah, I'll say you are at that price. <laughs> and that's, yeah. fant that's fantastic that people want to pay that. Um, yeah. One of the things I loved about your, um, uh, your website and indeed your, your menu and your price list is the use of pictures because it's not like, you know, half a head of highlights, quarter of a head of highlights, you know, uh, balayage or whatever. You have pictures of what these services look like. And I, I think that's a, a stroke of genius. Um, just give us a little bit of a background on that. Yeah, so say we're, we're looking at, um, you know, what a somebody buying a balayage is. So you need to kind of look at your color services as products. In the retail industry, we, we take something off a shelf and we, we buy this sort of standardized product. Color is really hard to, to standardize and do because every head of hair is very, very different. But you can, you can help to make a step towards uh, standardization if you're communicating through video and stills and, you know, um, you know, what, what happens before with the, the model, what happens afterwards. So the guest coming in is you're, you're having every opportunity to explain to them, you know, what, what they get. They have a, a balayage, you know, when they have spiralized. 
Okay. Did that, did that answer your question? Yeah, no, no, it, it does definitely. Uh, that term Spiralites, is that one of your um, signature services? Yeah, so we have some signature hair color um, services that we do here at Spiral London that, that everybody is trained and standardized to do. Um, what we've found is, is that, you know, there's, it's really important to kind of be diverse in your menu to, to offer things that are that are different on the hair color market. So say, for example, I could take Spiralites. Spiralites is uh, my personal favorite service that we do, um, which is a, a spiral sectioning pattern, which uh, every foil is put in on a diagonal around the head. Yeah. Uh, and what that does is I always like to say that Spiralites is your hair, but better. So, you know, when you have somebody come in and they've got beautiful natural hair color, and they're not really sure because a, a full head of highlights doesn't really do it justice. Yeah. And a, bali and a balayage doesn't really do it justice either. And what yeah. you want to do is you want to take their natural hair color and you just want to make it better. You want to do a seamless color that works with their natural color in a, in a very different way. So each um, highlight is put in on an angle. Generally, there's about three colors um, and you just get this real nice natural result that works with hair color. Yeah. People that have spiralites and, you know, it's been diagnosed right for them to have it. Um, they love it. You know, it's a, it's a, the maintenance of it is, is a little bit better. The longevity of the color is a little bit better because you're working with their natural hair color. Yeah. Okay. From a, from a marketing perspective, uh, how how important do you think that sort of thing is to to give techniques a a, a, a signature uh, name um, you know for clients? How important do you think that is? I think having signature services for um, your brand is making you differential. You know, Sean Hanna um, does that as well, uh, where we have signature haircuts. Um, that's been really successful for us. So, so we've had signature haircuts for almost 20 years in okay. Shanghana, and that's 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 worked out really really well in terms of a marketing tool, um, uh, brand identification, uh, team unifying, that sort of type of thing. Uh, training. It's been a huge thing for us from all these different levels, but even more so from a from a brand identification and also from a marketing perspective as well. Yeah. Um, I, I know, uh, you know, as we said earlier, that the, the Sean Hanna Group, eight salons, I mean, you've been working there for years, et cetera, um, tried out a lot of areas there that have then been incorporated into Skylar London. Uh, my question is, has it gone the other way as well? Since you've had Skylar London, this colour specialist salon, um, what are the learnings that you've had there that you've been able to integrate back into the Sean Hanna uh, salons, which for want of a better word are a, a full service hairdressing salon? Yeah. So, I mean, both brands really help each other in terms of what they, they learn, you know. So, Southern um, London is, is testing the market, you know, because it's still very young in its infancy. So, it's going to, it's it, the way that we interact with people and the systems that we make definitely help us to, to run the, the Shanghai sounds better because we're just, we're learning information from the inside of another business and transferring it to the other. It's just, you know, there's, there's a lot of things. The guest journey has been a huge thing for us, for Sean Hanna, retelling, um, and also the, our color business as a whole. Like that is, that is definitely impacted uh, Sean Hanna sounds uh, for sure. 
Yeah, no, it's very interesting that, you know, that one of them is like a test lab for the other that you can integrate ideas back into, which makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. Let me let me talk about the uh, the home color market for a moment um, as a as a you know color specialist salon and someone who's really passionate about color. Um, you know, in, in our industry today, uh, there are the you know the home color segment is growing quicker than the professional segment, and the the big multinationals make far more money out of their uh, retail divisions than they do out of their professional divisions. Um, so, so talk to us about home color and how you um, see that impacting or not on your business. So, when when you look at hair color and you're looking to, to make your hair color business um, better. The first thing that I would, I've learned over the last few years is to look at the hair color market in total. And that's, it's really hard to do that because what happens is that when you step into your salon, you're seeing a small percentage of the, of the hair color market. You're seeing somebody come in and get a professional service. And that's, that's not the whole picture. So, I, I would always recommend if you're wanting to make uh, your color business amazing, I would go to the source and go straight there and start talking to people that are picking up um, box dyes and, uh, and use them and talking to them about them. There is nothing that's going to bring you more at, at, at center with what's happening with the hair color market, communication or anything like that. That is always going to be something that will open your eyes it opens my eyes every time you know if i i would go and sit and not sit on a stand um uh in shops where they sell consumer hair color pharmacies uh, and whatnot and i will kind of loiter around those areas like a weirdo and i will talk to people about (laughs) (laughs) i will talk to people about their their what they're buying why they're buying it what they've used what they liked what they didn't like um, things that they loved um, when they used that particular product, things that didn't really matter to them, things on the box that made them pick it up, um, what they saw, how they knew about it. Does the offer make them you know, want to buy it more? Do they have to buy more boxes than one? Have they gone to a salon? What do they think about going to a salon? What do they think about colorists? What do they think about hairdressers? What do they think about salons? Um, and in trade, a lot of the time, what I'll do is I'll, I'll help them find their right color and stuff like that. You know, like, so sometimes they'll say I'm looking for X, Y, and Z because, you know, this is my problem with my hair color. Yeah. And I can, I'll talk to them about it. Sometimes I pretend like I don't know what I'm looking for. It's just a general sort of test. Like if I'm walking up to somebody, I'm trying to get a feel for, you know, what, 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 how am I going to get the best information out of them as possible? So sometimes I'll play stupid just to kind of know what they know because I don't want them to know that I'm a hairdresser because then that can make it a bit difficult. Sure. So a lot of the time I, I'll pretend like I don't know what I'm buying. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the time they'll help you. They'll tell you all the numbers, what they need, and, you know, this one's good and that one's not good and, and all that type of stuff. So a lot of people will really talk to you about about it and and it really opens up your eyes honestly it does i'm not just saying it uh, it, it really opens up your eyes to the whole color market it changes the way that you talk to the guests coming into the salon and it makes you think about you know the, the whole bigger picture yeah i mean i you know i've been hairdressing a lot longer than you um i'm a lot older than you um so 
the, the, the distinctions that have, have changed or the differentiation that's changed, a big thing is that it, it used to be very clear distinction that you could either go to the supermarket or the, you know, the drugstore, the pharmacy, whatever you're going to call it, and buy box color, or you could go to a salon and have a professional experience with a, a, a professional hairdresser. But the waters have got muddied um, a lot lately because you have all these new brands like, um, I don't know if you're familiar with eSalon or Madison Reed or um, L'Oreal have just started one called uh, Color and Co. And, and they're basically online um, color companies for the consumer. So whereas before you had this clear distinction between the hairdressing salon and the box color, what these online companies do now is they have professional hairdressers that do an online face-to-face -face using Skype or whatever consultation with you and they prescribe a bespoke um, you know color that's then you know branded and dispatched to you with all the tools etc that you need to to apply it for for you know a very uh, nominal amount of money you know 20 25 dollars or whatever um, so it's blurring the waters between the professional and salon service versus the retail divisions how do you see that sort of impacting on color business in general well you know the most important thing to always remember when you start to think about change like that is to to not definitely be at the edge of the ocean and watch the waves come in and say don't come in you know so it's it's very important for us to realize um that those those businesses are coming and uh, the market evermore once uh, it doesn't matter if it's a hair color and service or they're buying something on Amazon to make it easy for them um, to be able to achieve what they want they will they will they will choose that you know the market tells us that all the time yeah. things like eSalon and Madison Reed are, are are fantastic things you know they're 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 moving people to, to kind of make it so their color becomes accessible and and easy to have, and I'm, I'm not against that. I think that it's great in terms of being able to, um, if, if your if your business is the salon business, like 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 mine, and um, you know the the thing is is that you're needing to make the experience better, and all the manufacturers are telling you that all the time. You know, the experience is 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 the salon. We're, we're selling sometimes more of an experience than we are the actual. Um, the actual products sometimes that we do you know if you if you do a survey on your on your guests coming into your salon you'll be very surprised how much the head massage is 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 a huge part of that service you know it's like sometimes you know we, we lose sight of it. it's not always about the end product it is about the experience so that that is where we are going to to reign king it's, it's some good experiences but in terms of accessibility yeah, no, you know, the, the market's definitely gonna gonna choose that, and and those businesses are, are only gonna get stronger because um, accessibility is king. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there was one other thing I wanted to ask you about. I mean, there's so many things I wanted to ask you about that we haven't really uh, dug into, but we need to start wrapping up. I can't believe this has been, we've been over an hour already. Uh, so uh, the other thing I want to ask you about was about the self-dry component, because um, I know that, you know, your services, they're not, uh, they're certainly not cheap. And I'm glad to see that they're not cheap, that you, you know, you charge um, accordingly for the, the quality of work that you do. Um, but I know that also you offer a, um, 
a self-dry uh, service where clients clients can you know dry their own hair or or blast their own hair dry. Uh, just talk about that for a little bit uh, as as to why you do that and where um, you know where that's succeeding for you as part of the experience that clients have. So part of the feedback of of what we got during the research of, of trying to understand the color business better in terms of the professional market was that um, a lot of people kind of don't know what to do about the guest coming in and um, having a color service and not necessarily wanting a blow dry, but being pushed into this whole thing of having to buy this added service. Um, time, money, and also how it functions in terms of a salon. So we all know that our top uh, people, you know, it's all about the average bill. You know, what are they achieving over time um, to kind of get the best average bill? And if they're sort of like not able to optimize their column or um, they're sort of uh, pinned down to sort of cheaper rough drives or anything like that, that really that really is not the best time utilization or sometimes even worst case scenarios. What happens is that somebody has a hair color and it's left up to a very young person in the industry, like a, like a trainee, an assistant or a very, very young hairdresser to kind of rough dry somebody's hair. So the, the experience is kind of really uh, dampened at the end. You know, it's, it's not, it's not this nice experience towards the end when a lot of the time the guests would actually rather do their hair but it would be awkward if they did it in the middle of the salon because they would feel like it's not the environment. They would, they're being looked at, they're being judged. And, yeah. you know, how many of us have met somebody and you've told them that you're a hairdresser and they're like, oh, you know, don't look at my hair or whatever, you know. So they feel like they're being judged about what they do, you know, how they, how they dry their hair or, or, or anything like that. So, you know, we realized that if we were going to do this self-dry you know, component to the business, we would have to make this area, um, you know, a little bit more private, um, make it so that someone could privately dry their hair off. <clears throat> so it became a positive experience um, where they have a, a range of brushes, uh, detangling brushes, all the hot tools um, from GHD, dryer, um, also products. Uh, what we do is say, we have a guest, uh, Karen, She's decided to do a self-dry, so we'll have a, a, a board that will sit there on her self-dry um, private booth, and she will have a sign that says, hi, Karen, you should try these products um, here. I think it'll really work uh, for your hair type, and then there will be the products there. Great. Um, and, yeah, and then they can dry their hair. A lot of the time, they dry their hair like a hairdresser would. It's amazing the effort that they'll put in and stuff, you know, so it kind of really makes it so that they're able to just buy this professional color service and it makes it so their experience is, is, is so much better. What we really realize is that there's a huge part of the market that's trying to make sure that their hair color is, is done more frequently than even cutting. So, you know, we, we, that's all part of our identity is making sure that hair color is more accessible. Well, that's uh, a, a good point to start to wrap up on. I, I think you're doing an amazing job of it. I think your business looks fantastic. I haven't physically been into it at the moment, but I've been stalking you online for a while. And I would highly recommend that any hairdresser that gets the opportunity to uh, should check out your website and see what it is that you're doing. Because I think you're, as, as we've heard on this podcast, you're doing lots of little things which are really making sure that you're ahead of the curve in terms of what the industry is doing and 
in terms of, you know, client expectations. So it's great to see you, you know, stepping out of the comfort zone and trying new things and, and, and pushing uh, the boundaries. Um, wh- wh- where can people connect with you socially, online? Where can they, um, what, what are your social media uh, handles? Yeah, so you can check us out um, at Skyler London on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, uh, we also have Skyler London Education as well. Um, so this will, uh, you'll be able to, from a hairdresser's point of view, we talk a little bit about what we do. Um, because obviously for Skyler London, we're talking about, you know, to the consumer about different types of hair color and things like that. But if you're looking from the hairdresser's point of view, the Skyler London Education on Instagram and Facebook um, uh, would be better to, to kind of uh, look at. Um, also, if you're looking at ever coming in, um, if you're ever in the area, we really, really love talking to hairdressers coming in. Um, we're really, really friendly, the whole team, the reception, the colorist and everything. That's If you ever feel like you want to pop in and see the salon, we'll take you through and kind of give you a tour. Um, let us know how you, you found out about us and stuff. We're, we are super friendly. Fantastic. Okay, Skylar, well, we have to wrap up now, but thank you so much for being a guest on the Grow My Salon Business podcast. Uh, there are so many questions that I've got left on this sheet of paper to ask you, uh, but that's the perfect excuse to uh, get on this call again another time uh, You know, down the line. We can get an update on, on what's happening at Skylar London. So, Skylar, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, you'll find us at growmysalonbusiness.com or on Facebook and Instagram at growmysalonbusiness. And if you enjoyed tuning into our podcast, make sure that you subscribe, like, and share it with your friends. Until next time, this is Anthony Whitaker wishing you continued success.